Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Oh, that was quick. Welcome, <laughs> Welcome back to the show. <laughs> oh, gosh, it's great. It's a great day today. What is it today? Wednesday today, Kartik? I don't remember. It is Wednesday, Wednesday today. Are you sure it's not Thursday? Uh, no. It feels like Thursday, but it's Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, right. No, well, welcome to the show, everyone. Uh, Fifth Street Soccer here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. Uh, Sirius XM211, uh, Dan Patrick Sports. Uh, I'm Nick Eber, He's Kartik Krishnaya. And uh, we have a great show for you today because, quite frankly, we're just damn good. And there's really no other way to put it. Uh, if you want great, entertaining show about football, you know, the round ball type, then you're on the right place. So today on the show, uh, we're going to look ahead at a couple of select Premier League matches. It's a bit early still. We're going to get to it on Friday with our full preview. Uh, but today, let's look at Aston Villa, Everton and Norwich, Chelsea. Uh, that's a match at Villa Park and Carroll Row, respectively. Carroll Road, respectively. Uh, let's look at that. Plus, Karting, I don't know if you saw this. Uh, B and Sport are uh, reporting that PSG has turned down Madrid's offer of $111 million plus James Rodriguez, uh, Kayla Navas, and Gareth Bale, all for Neymar. Can you believe that? PSG is not going to get a better offer than that if that is, in fact, true. Uh, that is madness. Uh, Kaylor Navas in particular, I mean, they need a keeper, a younger keeper. Uh, I, yeah. I, w- I would snatch my hand off to get that guy. Uh, I and don't you, get it. You throw in Hamas and Gareth Bale. I mean, those were two quality attacking players. Yeah, I just, well, we're going to get to this in some detail. You know, we every every day so far we've talked about this, this Neymar thing. And I don't even like Neymar as a player, nor do I particularly like Neymar as a person. But uh, it is a story that's continuing. By the way, we're also going to talk today about... Uh, uh, what's going on with Dembele, and let's talk about the MLS manager carousel as uh, the Montreal Impact uh, fire a uh, French dude. Is that right, Kartik? Yeah, Remy Gard, who got sacked <laughs> in Villa before that. Yeah, Rem- Villa too. Yeah, Remy, Remy, that was the that was the uh, the little uh, rat cook in uh, Ratatouille. Remember that great Remy? But I think he's oh yeah, coaching football but not cooking in the kitchen in Paris. Uh, at Gastos, Gusto. All right, uh, Nick Ibukati, Krishna, with you. 800-878-7529. Uh, we promise we'll be a little bit more together in the next segment. Uh, find us on Twitter at Fist Street Soccer. By the way, hello to Kerry. If she's listening, we'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back to the show, Fistry Soccer. Nick and Kartik with you. 
you know, we had a whole menu of things we were going to talk about today. Uh, we were going to talk about Aston Villa, Everton, uh, Norwich, Chelsea, the two matches. We we're going to talk about Dembele, talk about the MLS manager carousel. But for some reason, we just keep getting back stuck on this absolute, you know what? Uh, see you next Tuesday, Mr. Neymar Jr., uh, currently sitting at PSG. And uh, looks to me like uh, the uh, ownership of PSG, quite frankly, just fed, fed up with him. And uh, any way they can stick it to him, they're going to. As it now seems, according to Bean Sport, they rejected a, a, an offer of uh, uh, Gareth Bale, uh, Kayla Navas, uh, Jaimes Rodriguez, and the entire U.S. Treasury, uh, the USS Gerald Ford, and the island of Greenland, apparently, has all been rejected uh, by PSG for Neymar. I, 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 I'm still stunned about this one because I just don't think there is, to me, um, a way for um, for PSG to recoup their losses on Neymar, okay? His value is diminishing by the week, uh, so many people think out there in the market. Hey, 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 only... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're right, by the way, and I don't mean to interrupt you because I'm rude. Well, I am rude, but that's aside. Um you know, this is a guy that raped a girl and uh, or be, basically sexually beat up a girl in a hotel room and videoed it. And then rather than, like, you know, show any class or dignity, he slammed her on social media. I mean, this guy's just a POS, okay? Right. Oh, I no, mean, he, no, he's no a doubt. classless embarrassment of a human being. Personally, uh, uh, you and I are both men. I would be I would expel him from our gender club because of his behavior. Uh, and a guy who is a very, very, very overrated footballer. Yeah. And, and, and in addition, there are only uh, a handful of clubs that can afford his wages. Barcelona, Real Madrid, Juventus, Liverpool, Manchester United, Manchester City. Now, those three English clubs don't seem to have any interest in him. Um, and uh, or he doesn't want to go there, whatever the case. Well, I think or, he's or too they're frail. Not, they're not interested in him because of his character, right? He's too um, weak for the Premier League. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how he would do in the Premier League. I, mean, I think he'd struggle uh, personally, like a lot of guys do. Uh, oh, oh, no, there's another club that could afford his wages, Bayern Munich. Oh, Bayern, Bayern Munich, Munich is a club that will never take a guy like, I mean, when, uh, uh, you just mentioned the, the sexual harassment, rape allegations. They, they won't get near the guy. Um, and I think like the Premier League, the Bundesliga probably wouldn't suit him. So um, there is uh, the two big Spanish clubs. I mean, Atleti maybe, but they, they're not interested. Juve. And, um, and Juve. Right. Atleti, you need to be able to defend and he won't track back. So he won't go there. Simeone would never touch the guy. So, yeah, there are only three clubs that he can go to. So PSG realistically has to take an offer from one of those three clubs. The, P the uh, PSG Ultras have already made it very clear they don't want to see him in the PSG shirt again. Now, uh, you don't want supporters dictating your transfer policies, but I tend to think that that also reflects probably the view of management. So I think maybe they're just playing hardball, and we're going to see him sold on August 31st to somebody. You think going to Juve would be... The, the the least attractive option for him? Or do you think going to Madrid would be because of his former tenureship at Barcelona? Uh, I think Juve is less attractive than Real Madrid or Barcelona in general. Uh, maybe there's a feeling that Juve is geared, is, is locked and loaded to win a, uh, win a, a, a final this year. 
or, I mean, win, win, win Champions League this year. Maybe that's the only reason it would be uh, contemplated. But I'm not sure that that's uh, – um, I'm not sure that that would be the destination he'd want. But then again, I don't think Neymar is in a position to pick or choose, really. Right, right. I mean, he should just be happy he plays somewhere. Because someone pays his wages. Let, let me ask you this question. I mean, how important do you think 40 million or 50 million really out, you know, here or there? And I know to you and I, that's just a gigantic sum of money, okay? But to Nasser Al Khalifi, I mean, you know, if Neymar's rubbed him the wrong way, and, and if I might add, uh, say what you want about, you know, Middle Eastern ownership and, and all the rest of this stuff. Neymar has done some things that are seriously uh, problematic from them from an image standpoint. I'm just wondering if he'd be right. prepared to lose all $200 million just to make a point. He might be. I mean, I, I think this is, this is a distinct possibility right now. I think that there is definitely um, a part of the PSG hierarchy um, and the ownership, the Qatari ownership, that are just w ready to spite the guy. Yeah, I mean, because... He has embarrassed them. He yeah, has brought he has. their club into disrepute. He has. And, 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 right. I, but yeah. not just for his behavior with, that, with, with, with the woman, which was appalling in and of itself, which I'm sure was... Uh, I'm sure they had a board meeting right after that, or Khalifi was burning up the phones to the folks in Paris saying, you know what, this guy's got to go, okay? Um, but... Uh, th none of what's happening here makes any sense from a football business standpoint. None of it. No, it doesn't. Um, I mean, well, how long is he under contract that, for, Kartik? Two more years? I think it's I think it's three more years after this. He also has humiliated the club in the way he's even behaved on the pitch. You know, very clearly not passing the ball to Cavani, who is a a, a, a model steward of that club. You know, great international for Uruguay too. Great Napoli player before that. You know, one of one of my favorite players in continental football. Remember last season when he wasn't passing the ball to him deliberately? I I mean I, I can't stress how petulant this guy is and how much he embarrasses the club even when he puts on the kit and 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 he doesn't put in an honest shift. Right? He's not just not an honest footballer. Well, I mean, look, PSG rebuffed Barcelona. Barcelona made a hundred and ninety million pound euro offer, um, hundred and ninety million euro offer for him uh, just yesterday, and that was turned down by uh, um, by PSG. And then today they turned down, you know, Greenland and all the money, uh, which was the offer made by Madrid. Um, you know, something just something's going on that just is, none of this makes any sense from a footballing business perspective. It's fascinating to watch. I can't remember when I have seen uh, a similar situation. His contract runs until uh, June, end of June 2022, uh, at which point he will be, uh, what are we now? Uh, we're now 19. So he'll be 30 at that yeah. point. I mean, his, his sell-on value at 30 is going to be a fraction of what it was, uh, you know, when he moved to... Uh, PSG, and I want to say the amount there was what two hundred and fifty million. Yeah, I mean they broke all the world transfer records for that, uh, and uh, it's been his value has diminished significantly since then. I I don't know why uh, or how they think they can get uh, this sort of amount for him. Uh, I mean, he only made for, what seventeen is... appearances for PSG in Ligue 1 last year. 
yeah, he was injured often. Uh, that's another thing. I mean, he just doesn't st- keep himself in great shape. Uh, there's just a lot not well, to did. like about him. He did have 15 have goals right in 17. Yeah, 15 goals in 17 games wasn't bad for, you know, by, by any standard. He's playing in, he's playing in, in France. I mean, you know, uh, I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Um, are they just holding out for all $250 million? M- Maybe that's it. They could be, but they're not going to get that. So they're going to have chance. to cut their losses at some point and move them on. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. So that is the uh, sad, sad, sad tale of one woman abusing, uh, petulant, arrogant, not so good Neymar Jr. currently residing in gay, gay Paris. Uh, and uh, if you want to irritate your Middle Eastern ownership, this man certainly has figured out just how to do it. And this, I think, has become a battle of wills between ownership and player. All right, 800-878-7529. If you have a thought, something to say, I've got a load, you want to get it off your chest, football therapy for the soul. That's what this is, folks. And the doctors, well, the doctors, we are in. And and, uh, it is now time for your appointment. 800-878-7529. Twitter at Fifth Street Sports. Facebook, FifthStreetSports.com, uh, Facebook.com forward slash FifthStreetSportsTalk. Uh, we are going to take a break. By the way, big hello to our men and women in uniform around the world listening on the American Forces Network, along with iHeart TuneIn, award-winning SiriusXM app, etc., etc. We'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back, Nick and Kartik, the street soccer. All right, we'll get off the Neymar thing. Um, I'm sure everyone's had enough, and I'm just irritated with him. And I mean, he has he had good numbers in in France, no doubt about it, playing for PSG. But uh, he doesn't want to play for them anymore. Stomping his feet like a little crybaby. Uh, you know, he good decent numbers in uh, in uh, La Liga, about a goal every two games. But you know, look, worth 250. I don't think even on his best day he was ever worth 250 million. So. Let's move on. Uh, I guess uh, Montreal Impact didn't think Remy Gard, Remy Gard was worth uh, uh, was worth paying, giving a paycheck to, as uh, they gave him the sack today. Kartik seems like an awful lot of uh, MLS managers uh, they get the uh, they get the trigger pulled on them very quickly. Yeah, Mike Petke, uh two weeks ago, or less than two weeks ago, with with Salt Lake. Uh, obviously, we've had uh, uh, Wilmer Cabrera the other day with Houston and. Uh, uh, Managers getting sacked earlier in the season. Uh, it did. It, New England sacked uh, Brad Friedel and and Mike Burns. Uh, I want to say a month into the season, uh, or six weeks into the season. We saw Jeff Kassar uh, last season, or was it the year before? Salt Lake get fired, uh, getting sacked two matches into the season. I'm not quite sure I understand this. You know, I, I thought Remy Gard was a decent manager at Lyon, Aston Villa. He just inherited a horrible team, right? And it got sacked, uh, obviously there, but they 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 getting relegated so um he was he was in 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 uh just in a terrible situation um here i don't think he did that badly i thought montreal performed about as well as could be expected over uh the the two seasons of the season and a half he was there but i think there's to me an issue in mls where um there's a lack of patience and these clubs 
unlike clubs in Europe, do not have stylistic identities, right? They don't have a technical director that uh, or a style that they've developed over a number of years or a club ethos, right? They're just all kind of the same thing. There are exceptions. The, the two newest clubs are the, are the greatest exceptions, uh, Atlanta and Los Angeles FC. They've walked into the league and are the dominant teams in the league. Uh, because they came in with a much more European mindset of how they wanted to structure a club and uh, uh, the type of coaches they wanted to hire. Uh, Bob Bradley in L.A., Tata Martino in, in uh, uh, Atlanta, and gives way, obviously, to, to, to Frank DeBoer now. Um, but that they they wanted uh, a certain stylistic a way of playing and type of player in their yeah, uh, in their cultic, uh, club, but, which other MLS teams uh, are just yeah. like – they're just like uh, – uh, well, how, how would I put it? Like, uh, you know, uh, 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 rinse and repeat, right? They're just uh, standard well, things. They're with like no the number 13 bus, Kartik, okay? Yeah. The number yeah. 13 bus goes down the thoroughfare, down the main street, and it stops at all the stops. It picks up the passengers, drops the passengers off. It's not a, it's not a exciting bus. It, you can't really make it go any faster. You're not going to get to your destination yeah. any, any any quicker. And quite honestly, you know, you can get rid of the driver and put a new driver in, but who's going to notice? Uh, at the end of the day, that's what MLS is, because these aren't really managers. These are coaches, because they can't go out and draw. I mean, can you imagine an MLS team that's able to look at a player like Neymar and say, you know, I'm going to package 111 million and I'm going to throw in Jaime Rodriguez and I'm going to throw in Gareth Bale and I'm... And I'm going to throw in uh, uh, Kalo Navas, and I'm going to try to get Neymar here. And I've got or 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 an MLS team that bids 190 million. Now, look, I don't like Neymar. It's probably a bad example, as I've just said about the last 20 minutes here. But the point is, is that MLS teams don't really do anything. They either come in with ambition, like you mentioned, Atlanta and LFC, in which case they're going to spend a hair more than some than anybody else is. They're going to get some uh, some better quality the better quality squad in. Uh, but at yeah. the end of the day, if a team is mediocre, the only person that ownership uh, or the team or the the group that operates that franchise because no one actually owns these clubs other than MLS okay uh, but the the operating group the only thing they can do to appease the fans is to uh, fire a coach because they're not going to suddenly open up the pocketbook and say oh yeah you know you're right we didn't support our manager we didn't you know buy his buy his selections we didn't listen to him on, on player selection now i mean the bus is going to go from stop to stop down the boulevard at the same speed they're just going to throw out the driver and put another driver in because at least people are going to look at that and say ah maybe he's trying to do something right and none of these managers have the force of personality to where they can take the initiative to the supporters, to the fans, and say, look, I mean, this league, it's its a one-size-fits-all league. I, I can't do anything. Uh, the next guy's not going to do anything differently than I do because it's also a league of conformity, right? So yeah. you don't want controversial figures it's, in the league. You don't want a coach that's going to speak out. You don't want Zlatan Ibrahimovic coming. They won't sign a player like him again, probably, because do you uh, remember, of their experience with him now. Do you remember Kartik in the 80s and 90s? when they first started coming up with generic brands. I mean, there was obviously the Chrysler K car, right? Uh, but then yeah. there was like Blue Label, like they'd have Blue Label beer, which was like yep, a white yep, can yep. with a blue label around it. it. just said beer. I mean, it was as generic as you can get. Well, folks, that's Major League Soccer. It's, it's you know, Blue Label Soccer. It's, 
yeah, it's digestible. It's not going to make you sick. It's You could really have a nice night on the porch drinking your Blue Label beer or soccer or watching your Blue Label soccer. But it's not, you know, it's not gourmet. It's not high-end. It's the Chrysler K car of global sports. Yeah. Huh, that's right. It. That's a good comeback. That's a, yeah, that's a, I like that, Kartik. Agree. That's all it is. No, no, that's all it is at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, firing a manager, I don't know. What the heck's that going to do for crying out loud? I mean, unless he's just a totally inept fool, and then you probably shouldn't have shouldn't have hired him to begin with. But, um, I, look, I, I, I am highly critical of MLS, with a few exceptions, and you did mention a couple of them, by the way. LAFC, Atlanta, uh, you know. Uh, clubs that come in with ambition, clubs that look at the current system and say, or ownership, or, or investors in those clubs that come in in the current situation and say, I'm investing because I'm going to make this thing a, a damn sight better over the next 25 years, as opposed to guys that just come in and say, ooh, I like this, I can make some money on this over the next 25 years, and I'm not going to put in a dollar more than I have to. Uh, so I like those ambitious folks. There's just not enough of them. Uh, what were you telling me about Austin? Uh, they're breaking ground on a new stadium? They will be breaking ground on the new stadium next month, and I think that'll be a fantastic market for MLS. Obviously, uh, it, it's not it's not great how they got a club, right? They, no, it's uh, awful. Essentially, almost took a club from Columbus, but I that doesn't mean I don't think it will be a really good market. Well, for, for not only did they take the club from Columbus, okay, but they also took a club away from San Antonio. To whom uh, they yeah. promised yeah, that's true. That's true. they promised an expansion franchise. The city bought the stadium from uh, Gordon Hartman at uh, in in San Antonio with the San Antonio Spurs on the promise from Major League Soccer that they would grant San Antonio a franchise. A great market, by the way. I mean, a, a, a multi-ethnic uh, market. I, I think that would have had a lot of great support. And instead, uh, and they didn't disclose to them that they had some clause in their agreement with the, what's their names? The um, Prevost, the um, uh, Priapism, uh, I forget. What's their name? The, the, the family that owns, that moved to Austin, the Columbus family? The, um, the Precourt. The Precourt. Yeah, not the Preapic people. The, the Precourt uh, family, uh, that they had a clause in their contract in Columbus that allowed them to move to Austin. So, I mean, they were dishonest. And other people went and spent money and made jobs and it cost a franchise in NASL. That actually might have cost NASL its league, quite frankly, yes. uh, that situation. And it was all based on a lie. It was all based on dishonesty. But here you go. This is all Austin's going to get their team. And the NASL antitrust lawsuit against uh, U.S. soccer and Major League Soccer continues. And uh, in addition to all of the things that they are going to bring forward, it, my understanding is or have brought forward in the discovery phase about uh, Soccer United marketing and some, things like this are in there. San Antonio, MLS interfered, interfered there to try and tip the balance to get that team to move to USL so that once that team moved to USL, NASL had one less team and uh, the scales were tipped against NASL. Little things like this that we didn't think about at the time all add up now to some potential conspiracy to uh, violate antitrust laws by U.S. soccer. So NASL is making that case, and San Antonio is part of that. Yeah. I mean, I was there. I was involved. I mean, I was working with Gordon Hartman uh, trying to bring that team 
uh, the San Antonio Scorpions to Las Vegas at that time with an investor group. Uh, I mean, NASL were their own worst enemy at that time. They ended up not approving the transfer because uh, the board would have got more money by Gordon Hartman having to pay his uh, his penalties for not fielding a team than they would have got from us as a, a as a relocation fee. But again, <laughs> who who was the prime driver in the boardroom behind that, Kartik? Bill Edwards. It was Bill Edwards. Who, who at the end who, of the day turned out to be, yeah. you know, a guy that that did a lot of damage to NASL and moved to uh, USL with his team. And then because he thought he'd get an, yeah. an MLS franchise and he ain't getting one. No, he's not. He didn't get one. And, you know, he, now he sold the Rowdies. But, yeah, yeah. so it, it in retrospect, it's very suspicious that Edwards was the guy in the boardroom pushing that because then he served – the purpose of weakening NASL a year later by pulling his team out. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, look, conspiracies abound, and I know uh, my partners that were involved in that, uh, and uh, by the way, I was a very minor player. I was more of the doer rather than, obviously, I don't have that sort of money, but people that did were in the group that I was in and uh, was an almighty mess. Maybe one day we'll get into that in more detail, Kartik. Uh, yeah. All right, uh, Ray Morosco wants us to talk about a North American Super League. Uh, maybe if we have a couple of minutes, we'll touch on that. But I really want to get to these two Premier League matches, which we'll do when we come back here on Fistry Soccer. Nick and Kartik with you. We'll be right back after these messages. All right, first free soccer, Nick and Kartik. Let's get right to it, Kartik. Uh, we can uh, look back at four, four, five years ago and and lament the state of American soccer and the uh, the bad hand that uh, the minor league uh, NASL was dealt. Uh, or we can move on to the Premier League. <laughs> Talk about Aston Villa, Everton, and Norwich, Chelsea. Villa, Everton, Villa Park. These are Kartik, These are two matches I talked about this morning on Picks and Parlays Radio. I gave out some picks on them. I wanted to run the, my picks by you, get your take on them. Uh, Villa Park, it's Aston Villa, Everton. Uh, Villa lost the first match uh, 3-1 away to Tottenham, and we saw how good Tottenham are, right, this uh, last week. Uh, And um, they lost at home to Bournemouth 2-1. So overall, I wouldn't say the villains are looking particularly... particularly scary but on the other hand Everton get a nil-nil opening day draw away at Crystal Palace and then they only eke by Watford 1-0 I don't see a lot of goals in this one Kartik I think uh, uh, you know but by the same token I think both teams kind of have to do something here because they both sort of started the season so shall we say limply I don't know if there's another word really to use what's that go ahead this is also these are also the two teams that have spent the most money outside the top uh, right. top six in, in in the league. In fact, I think uh, the net spend for uh, for um, uh, uh, not for Everton, but for one hundred and forty three million. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, which is enough, if I might is, say, for two thirds of a Neymar. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, you can buy you a pretty good team if you're not touching guys like Neymar, right? Um, who, who, whose values are inflated because of uh, uh, commercial rights or whatever, commercial uh, potential. My, my point being that it's very difficult to actually understand or, or, or get a read on where these two clubs are because I think they have, they have ch- chopped and changed so much uh, this summer. 
and Everton still have a number of players that they brought in that they have not integrated. Yeah. Alex Awobi, uh, they spent forty million on him. He hasn't played a minute yet. Uh, you and you look at, uh, at yeah, Moise Keane, who uh, I, I think we're all very excited about coming in from Juventus, has not played yet. Uh, on the Villa side, uh, they have gotten Wesley integrated. Uh, Douglas Luiz started this last match, but then there's some, a number of other uh, big signings, uh, Matt Target, uh, among others, that have not played yet. Uh, 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 Trezeguet has been playing, but so it's difficult. This is a this is maybe the most difficult. Uh, these are the two most difficult teams to get a handle on thus far this season. Yeah, they really are. So as a result, I actually um, looked at the odds here, and it was uh, Aston Villa to win a plus two fifty. Everton to win a minus 110. They're obviously the favorites, but I don't like Everton as a favorite at Villa Park. Um, I like the draw. The draw is actually the same as an Aston Villa will, Villa win. It's plus 250, and uh, the goals yeah. are two and a half. I'm actually thinking this is a nil-nil or a 1-1. One, one. Uh, yeah, I like that. I think it's uh, nil-nil maybe is, is more likely because uh, Marco Silva, one thing he has done, uh, is he's made Everton more difficult to score on. They don't leak goals the way they used to, but then they're not uh, they're not necessarily well, uh, real progressive going forward either. Well, let's put it this way. In a total of four matches, okay, these teams combined have scored three goals. So, I mean, you know, this isn't... Yeah, yeah right. This isn't really a... <laughs> you know, this isn't really a high-scoring affair. I, I, I'm... I think there will be a couple of goals. I think this is 1-1 in the draw. Uh, but we'll find out on Friday because this match is Friday. And I look forward to it. The other one is at Carrow Road. And I'm really – this is a fascinating match. We talked a lot about Chelsea yesterday on this uh, – uh, yesterday, Kartik. We were talking a lot about Chelsea. And I did have chance to spring my brilliant conspiracy theory, which I actually want to get back to because the more I think about it, the more I, 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 I suspect – yeah, that's why Frank Lampard was hired. But let's get to that l later. Um, you know, we know Lor Norwich like to attack. They're an open team. They don't really know any other way of playing Kartik. I mean, it's not like they have a. Yeah. They don't have a plan A and a plan B. They've got a plan B. They're like a plan A. They're like they're like they're like a, a car that only has you know full full throttle or no throttle. Uh, and with guys like Timu Puki, who, by the way, is he the top scorer so far in the Prem with four goals? Yes. Yes, he is. Right. And, and he scored 29 goals last year in the championship. Yeah, so right. 29 uh, in the championship. 50, that's, uh, that's 50 goals in his last 48 uh, competitive matches. So that, that's remarkable. And even though his name sounds like a venereal disease, he is, in point of fact, a, a, a prolific uh, and difficult player to play against. Uh, and I, I look at a guy like Timu Puki, and I'm just wondering... You know, the experience that David Luiz brought to 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 Chelsea was uh, something useful. Yeah, he wasn't fast, and and Puki is fast and dynamic. But you know, I just think this inexperienced Chelsea team, despite you know maybe having Willian and uh, Rudiger back. I just think this is going to be an open game, and it's at Carrow Road. This is away from home. If this was Stamford Bridge, by the way, I would edge Chelsea for this match, but it's not at the bridge. The draw is plus 333. Yeah, they, um... Norwich is plus 550. Chelsea have only scored one goal in their two matches, by the way, and that was a goal against Leicester City. 
I mean, we saw the problems they have up top, right? Their, their finishing's not great, and, and we know why. They're very young and inexperienced. Uh, Kartik, my choice on this one was an upset, a home victory for Norwich at plus 550 for possibly the best value of the weekend. Uh, I mean, it's a, going out on a bit of a limb. Um, and I did actually say, despite Chelsea only scoring one goal, you got to take the over on three goals because I think uh, you know I think Chelsea can be carved open by Norwich. I, we're going to see how they handle this pressure. Are you there? Yeah, I think they're going to give up a lot of chances. Uh, yeah, yeah, we have. You. I think they're going to give up a lot of opportunities. Yeah, we're going to give. They're going to give up a lot of opportunities. My question is: Is Rudiger being rushed back? Will he be? Uh, able to perform at at an Antonio Rudiger level uh, when he when they rush him back if he plays this week. I I like um, look. I, I mean I, I I think the most likely outcome is a draw, but I I think with th- those odds, you know, why not take a punt right and well the draws and go for Norwich. Victory. The draw's pretty juicy too at plus three thirty three, and I was tempted to go for the draw, but you know I just think Norwich at home. You know, the, they got a great the great atmosphere there at Carrow Road. And the crowd's going to be egging them on. And, uh, you know, a draw is fine, but coming off the uh, home win, 3-1 in Newcastle, I think, I just, I think this is, I, I just, something in the back of my mind says this is a Norwich victory. And it's going to heap some problems for Frank, Frank Lampard. Rudiger is lacking match fitness, according to Physio Room. Uh, he is 100%. He is going to play... Uh, but he is definitely lacking match fitness. Those are the notes on uh, on Antonio Rudiger. Uh, Hallam Hudson Odoi is not not due back till the middle of next month. Uh, Reese James not due back till the middle of next month. Um, Loftus Cheek not ruled not due back until uh, the beginning of November, um, and uh, absolutely no return date yet for uh, Van Ginkel, who has an ACL injury. So I imagine he's out for the season. So, you know, I have to think that Chelsea, as we mentioned yesterday, they're really going to struggle until at least until mid-September or end of September, beginning of October, after uh, Hudson-Odoi and Reese James are back and uh, they can look maybe to Loftus-Cheek coming back. What do you think? Yeah, no, and I think uh, uh, also for uh, NBC, when Hudson-Odoi gets back, uh, they're going to be very disappointed because I think that means Pulisic will be on the bench for uh, (laughs) permanently. So uh, he better do something for for their sake uh, and the sake of all the people who are uh, seem to be only interested in Pulisic and not in the rest of the league uh, in the next month until Hudson-Odoi gets back because I think Hudson-Odoi very seamlessly – goes into that slot you push mount to the middle and then you've got pedro william playing on the other wing or, or yeah. even potentially a ross barkley and and i think pulisic is out at that point yeah you know it's the speed of chelsea that worries me that you know despite having a lot of their young players are, are fast but their older more experienced players are not and uh, it's going to be a good yeah. match i, I i'm going to edge norwich at, at carroll road for this i know Kartik, you think a draw uh, I don't see. Uh, we'll we'll have to play it by ear. That is a Saturday match. Uh, look, let's. Um, we'll give you our full Premier League recap, but let's uh, turn our attention to something that uh, Ray Roscoe, one of our listeners, as uh, Ray in Milwaukee, sent me a note saying wanting to talk about a North American Super League. He says that that's the answer. He says, why don't you guys ever explore the option of a true North American Super League? With in partnership with Mexico, having divisions and conferences, kind of like the American League and National League in baseball, and then a Super Bowl type scenario, championship game. Um, he's really talking about, 
uh, almost a sort of expanded Champions League type of situation. What do you think, Kartik? It would be more interesting because, I mean, as we as we mentioned on the national team level, uh, U.S. and Mexico tootling off to some entirely uninteresting footballing nations to play more rubbish in the uh, CONCACAF Nations Cup. Uh, what do you think about a big club uh, continental tournament? I think it would be great because, uh, uh, quite honestly, I, 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 you know, and, I, and I'm a critic of MLS. I'm, I'm a critic of some, uh, but I have actually, and this is going to shock some people, enjoyed the little bit of the League's Cup I've watched. Uh, the competition between Mexican and, and uh, Liga Mekis and MLS clubs that was on. Uh, actually, the semifinals were last night, and the LA Galaxy lost to Cruz Azul. Um, that 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 competition to me is more interesting than watching CONCACAF internationals. Yeah. Even though I know that's a manufactured sum tournament. So if you had a big Champions League, America's Champions League, I think that would be, to me, uh, more interesting. Absolutely. I mean, the CONCACAF, anything with CONCACAF is just boring. I mean, CONCACAF has to be the most disinteresting confederation in global football, in, in, in my mind. Oh yeah, Oceania is bad too. But yeah, yeah, but I mean, there's like two countries in it: Tonga right, yeah. and New Zealand, or something. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I think before Australia left Oceania, you could make the case that Concacaf was less interesting. Yeah, so it's hard to get excited by that stuff. But look, it would all it would all help. Um, but again, unless there's big broadcast numbers, unless there's unless it's a must see television event something that's either going to drive eyeballs or streaming numbers or whatever, there's just not going to be that much money in it. And if there's not that much money in it, yeah. we're not going to, it's not going to equate to a vast improvement in Major League Soccer because, uh, you know, we've seen this before. I mean, yeah, they like to compete and, 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 and dangle the product out there, but they're not willing to make the investment that they really need in order to win one of these tournaments because uh, the prize isn't right. worth the investment, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely right. And that's... Uh ultimately the um the problem the consideration with uh with, with this uh, and, and i have to say uh <laughs> you know, the other thing is that uh until you make the prize money worthwhile for individual clubs and in mls they're never going to take any of these tournaments seriously including the u.s open cup um collecting trophies is something that i think appeals to um to, to, to core football fans and and, and uh clubs in europe uh, and in South America, but it does not in, in the U.S. because, as we said, it, it's a bottom-line driven culture, right? And if you don't have a million-dollar prize at the end of a Champions League or whatever, or TV money, increased TV revenue based on how far you go in the tournament, uh, there's just not going to be that much uh, investment put behind these teams. There is not. Uh, it's not going to change anytime soon. But look, Ray Orozco, we will continue the discussion. The bottom line is, until some network is willing to pony up masses of amounts of money for the television rights or the broadcast rights, because it's now not only just TV, for either the league or the tournament or whatever it is you're looking at, but whatever we do is just, uh, shall we say, a circle jerk. You know, and I'm talking about the band from L.A., of course, in the 80s I'm not, or 70s. And I'm not referring to anything lewd. But you know what I mean, right? All right. History, soccer, yeah. Nick and Kartik. We're going to step aside, take a break. And when we come back, we'll wrap it all up. And we'll see if Kartik's getting threats from the league on his inbox as we speak. All right. Don't go anywhere. <laughs>
All right. It's Fistry Soccer. Nick McCartick here on the Sports Byline Broadcast Network. And Sirius XM 211, Dan Patrick Sports. We're with you each and every weeknight from 9 p.m. Eastern. That's Monday through Friday. We're talking the beautiful game right here on these networks. We're also on iHeartRadio live. We're on TuneIn live. We're on the award-winning Sirius XM app live. And, of course, we're also on uh, the American Forces Network, talking to our men and women in uniform around the world. We are the most widely distributed soccer show, and we are the show that the powers that be, that the star chambers, that the men and women behind the locked door that think they're pulling the strings, the wizards of Oz of football, really, really hate. That's us, folks, so we hope you will join us on a regular basis. Meanwhile, Kartik, just a couple of minutes left. Final thoughts from you. Yeah, I think uh, uh, MLS, as we talked about, uh, there's a lot uh, to not like with what's going on and the way a lot of these clubs are being run. Uh, But there are some shining examples out there of how to do it differently, and they're the two newest clubs, Atlanta and uh, LAFC. So I I, I don't want to sound like we're we're completely bashing MLS, but it, it, it does say a lot that the two newest clubs have walked into the league, strolled in, and they're dominating. Wow. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about it more. And of course, just a programming reminder. Friday, we're going to break down all of the Premier League matches, uh, except for the one that uh, has passed already on Friday, which is the, as in not dead, as in played, the <laughs> Aston Villa, the uh, Aston Villa Everton game at Villa Park. We're going to, uh, we won't talk about that one, but we'll give you a breakdown of all the other matches for the weekend. And, of course, tomorrow we will continue the discussion. Maybe we'll get into more into Ray Orozco's concept of a sort of North American Super League. All right, folks, hope you enjoyed the show. We always enjoy bringing it to you. If you missed any portion of the show and want to check it out, find us on Twitter at Fist Street Sports. The podcast will be up at Believe Network pretty soon and uh, within 10 minutes or so, and it'll be up there. Have a great night. Cheers. Speak to you tomorrow. Hi, this is Ron Barr. If you like insightful, interesting sports talk and interviews with the biggest names in sports, then join us for Sports Byline USA, coming up next on the Worldwide Sports Byline USA Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.